0: this is Upreneur fm the official podcast of the Upreneur mastermind community a place where no entrepreneur gets left behind in their pursuit of building a business they can be proud of and now and now here's your host serial entrepreneur and best-selling author chris ducker hello and welcome to episode number 198 of Youpreneur FM. Thank you very much for being with me. You're in the right place, I guarantee it, if you're a personal brand entrepreneur, such as an expert, consultant, coach, blogger, podcaster, speaker, or author that wants to build a successful long-term business based around you and those that you want to serve, and it is an absolute bloody pleasure to have you with me. Today, I'm sitting down with my fellow Brit, Mark Asquith, who is from podcastwebsites.com and Excellence Expected, which is a fantastic entrepreneurial podcast you must check out yourself, we're going to be talking all about how he has used validation to a huge, huge degree over the last year and what it's meant for him and his business. Before we get into that conversation, I would love to remind you that if you haven't already got access to the Upener Launchpad training course I must implore upon you going into next year that you go ahead and get instant free access right now at chrisducker.com forward slash launchpad okay? It's three videos, a few other bits and pieces, and I know that you're going to enjoy it. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I'm covering in regards to building a brand and a business around it. Again, please, if you haven't already done so, make sure that you go ahead and get access now because the chances are I'm going to be taking it down and updating it with something else in the next couple of months from now. So that's chrisducker.com forward slash launchpad. Make it happen today. So, myself and Mark uh, first met a couple of years ago. He then became a Upreneur community member and has been doing an incredible job, not just as a result of being a member of the community, but just by being a very fast-acting, action-orientated entrepreneur. And I really appreciate people that take action, as you probably already know. So, myself and Mark talk about what he's done in regards to validating his ideas, his services, his products even the language that he uses, to be able to go ahead and not only serve his audience, but market and sell to them as well. This is a really, really interesting conversation with a really, really nice guy. I know you're going to love it, and get those notepads ready. Chances are you're probably going to need them at some point. So, Mark, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Really good to chat.
0: It is, and it's always a pleasure to be with you, talk with you, see you, break bread with you, drink with you. Um, we laugh a lot. We, we laugh do. a lot at those events. <laughs> we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. Um, so I wanted to get you on the show here, and you are the pre-Christmas show, so happy, happy Christmas to you, I should say that. Um, there's a lot of ways. I often say this with my guests because I only get very smart people on the show, as you well know. There's a lot of different ways we could go with this conversation. However, excellence expected... Do, uh, sorry excellent expectedcom dot com is your podcast it 's your kind of presence and all the rest of it and you guys tuning in you should definitely check that out but what we 're going to talk about today is the journey that you have been on with podcast websites and building that company out that as a service uh, recurring validation blah, 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 blah. and I really want to kind of like zoom in on the validation part because you've not done things in a traditional way which I love and uh, I wanted to sort of bring it to everybody so they can understand just how important validation is in their business not just at the beginning right out of the gate but also as you continue to grow and figure things out as well so I guess we should start at the beginning it's a bit you know usually a good way to do it um, and sort of where did the idea for podcast websites actually? come from and and what were your first couple of steps with it
1: yeah it's it's an interesting kind of journey so i got into podcasting thanks to uh, you know this thanks to my love of sort of dc comics and and dumping dumping into a brain dump mode on on just ranting about dc comics which is this real eye-opener you know this idea you can turn a podcast mic on and say what you want and publish it it was just a completely liberating feeling um and so I decided to do this this entrepreneurial show, which, uh, you know, naivety at the time, I was thinking, yeah, I'll do an interview show. No one's doing that in the entrepreneurial space. Of course not. No one's doing that. So Fine. I dove into that somewhat crazily, wholeheartedly as well, believing that. Um, I had a heck of a lot of fun with it. Did like 150 shows. And I guess maybe a third of the way into doing that, I was on EO Fire with, with your friend of mine, John, and we we got talking and... I realized that one of the big frustrations that was coming just across my desk all the time, everyone was asking me, especially in the local area, sort of Leeds, Manchester, Sheffield, even even down to my town in Barnsley, what's this podcasting thing and how do I do it? So, you know, you'd start talking about the mic and start talking about all that stuff. And the one big thing that I realized I took for granted was that because I've got this background in, in web, I've got this background in digital, that's, you know, my first business is, is still... A design and brand and digital agency I realised that all of this stuff that I'd done for my own show like building a platform out, figuring out the tech building the themes out, figuring out the players and so on and so forth I'd just completely taken for granted um, and the, the biggest problem that all of these people that I were talking to at networking events or around dinner tables, the biggest problem that those guys had was they were happy to turn a mic on but you tell them that they needed to do all of this other stuff, and they were just scared. It was the biggest stopper ever. So these guys had this voice, and they, they just didn't know how to get it out there because the tech was this problem. Mm. Um, so I sort of came up with this idea, and I was talking And it was. John. Let me
0: just interject very quickly, sort of interrupt, yeah. but I, I remember when I first started podcasting in April 2010, um, which seems like a world away now, but it was just six-plus six years ago, and... Um, I remember the tech issue was the big stumbling block for me, and I specifically remember reaching out to Cliff Ravenscraft at the time and hiring him for a couple of hours' consultation so I could figure it all out and He did a great job obviously and helped me get you know set up properly and, and everything from not only the equipment side of things, which for me now still is very, very basic. I use a USB mic. Yes, I've got a pop filter, um, but I don't use a board and levels and all that sort of stuff. I like to try and make everything kind of uh, with a a bit of a less is more type of focus. But um, where I had issues was the whole server thing and uploading files and tagging them and the editing and all that sort of stuff. And Cliff really helped me kind of uh, understand... um, how to do all that within just literally a couple of hours so even though it was very daunting to me um, it also became quite evident that this is just a learning curve and once you get over it um, good things can happen Uh, but it's it's still the number one reason why I think a lot of people that should be podcasting because of their message and their personality that they're not it's still the number one reason why they're not
1: completely totally agree and 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 when you think about this whole idea that you've got to put this this platform together, you know there are so many people now podcasting that want to do something with the podcast. Either it's one of the main opportunities that they have to generate something, whether it's revenue or awareness, whatever that is, or it's a channel that they use for an existing business. It's it's one of the main content channels. Um, and the, the the websites were always a problem because for me there was always two sides to it. Number one, you've got to learn podcasting, and if you're a bricks and mortar business or you are You may be, but we we do a lot of work with like old MDs and CEOs of businesses who step away from a business and want to move into creating content for themselves. And they just don't want to have to learn all this tech. But then the second thing was this idea that, wait a second, there are all these other things that you need to know to actually be a decent and successful podcaster. So it's not about just turning the mic on and sticking a file up on a server and and creating this website. It's actually about how do you do this SEO stuff? Like how... How do you do this content marketing stuff? So there was just the seed of this idea, a really early stage seed of an idea, um, and I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know what it felt like. All I knew was that I just I'd, I'd taken for granted the knowledge that I got. So John and I put this idea together of running a, a, a webinar, just just sticking a webinar together that said, "Listen, here's what." we believe the problem is can you guys tell us what issues you are having and if we can solve them will you pay us some money to kind of vote with your wallet and we did a really ridiculously low kind of founding members rate on that we still got you know over 120 founding members uh, who are actually on the platform right now um and we did that you know we didn't have a platform We, we just went and we communicated we showed our 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 natures. We showed our stories, and we, we just genuinely said to people, "Listen, we believe this may be an issue. Can you help us figure it out?" And they did. You know, they were such a fantastic bunch. Um, but then we had to really. This is where the kind of validation angle comes into it. We we didn't know what to build, man. We didn't we didn't know what they wanted, so we had to really dig into the learning. Like, how do we ask these people? You know what it's like, you. If you say to someone, if I create this, will you buy it? Everyone's going to say yes because they don't want to hurt your feelings. Right, 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 right. It's a massive challenge. So we had to really dig into, okay, what does this platform look like? And every step of the way, I'm talking everything from do we integrate media hosting right through to what does the design feel like? What does the dashboard feel like? Every single piece of that we had to validate. And, man, we got some feedback, you know, everything ranging from this is amazing to what is this trash um, and it was it was just eye opening we, we had so much feedback to get through that we had to very quickly learn how how to figure out what mattered and what didn 't matter um, and that that is a huge challenge, I think for everyone, no matter what field you 're in
0: yeah no understand hundred percent and so okay, so once you sort of got that first bunch of people involved and they were committed and they were paying you a little money and uh, you were kind of moving down the road a little bit with it. What did you do next on that validation journey? How did you take it up to the next kind of uh, slot or two?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So what what we decided to do very, very early on was our, our big mantra is service um, because technology, by virtue of being called podcast websites, like we should be able to deliver a really good website. Right, I was going to say, yeah. It's completely, you know, that that's a, a no-brainer. And the one thing that we wanted to focus on was servicing podcasters because you know what it's like. It's a frustrating time. You sit there and something doesn't work on on your website you 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 get angry you frustrated so we had to have some empathy to start with and what we did was we it's it's a bit of an odd one to try and quantify but we we kind of tried to package the empathy up in a way that we were able to learn from so what we did was we created very quickly a completely integrated support system now the cool thing with this is that people were able to complain people were able to send us direct feedback they were able to praise us they were able to tell us what they liked, what they didn't like, but they didn't realise that they were doing that. They just they were just asking questions via this inbuilt support system. Now the really fun thing is that we could spot the trends in that. You know, I sat down and manually analysed the trends. You know, I went through at this point thousands of questions and tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the early days, I was manually collating this and spotting the trends. And the really fun thing with that is because we were such a small team and we were such a small membership as well we could we could really validate these things by pushing out updates so if someone you know let's say there's 10 15 people on any given week worrying about something we were able to push out a brand new fix a brand new feature and really gauge what that feedback was so these guys were validating and they didn't they didn't even realize they were helping us validate because we were we were just so reactive to what was coming in um and I think as a, you know, as an entrepreneur, as someone that's creating product, as someone you know, whether that's an info product or, or whatever, you know how easy it is to just sit there and say no, 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 this is my baby. I've got this right, and to say that you've got it wrong, or to say that you need to improve it, like take some humility, man. You've got to really step back from your own ego a little bit, and it's. I think it can be a challenge for some people, you know.
0: It can, and I think that you know, particularly. Particularly taking criticism. Like I think a lot of people struggle with that, right? Um, that valid you know, the the criticism along with the validation I think is is sometimes it can create mixed results <laughs> for want of a better term, right? In regards to, well, okay, this sucked, this was horrible, this was crappy, but you're doing a great job anyway. Like some people might look at that as a as a very negative um a negative piece of feedback even though it started with some good stuff but the fact that you can roll with the punches but and that agileness that you talk about in regards to a small team rolling out updates quickly and that sort of type of stuff i mean that really has probably helped you shape not only the platform itself but also the relationships with the customers i would have thought
1: oh completely i i I know every single member that we've got you know we've got uh, such a bigger user base than we had back then and genuinely, I know every single one of them. Every single one of those guys gets a personal interview—not interview as such, but a welcome call with me. Um, as soon as they become a member, we, we book a ten-minute call, and I, I, I give them a specific to them set of next actions that they can take. To, to you know, because people are at different stages. Is that scalable? Perhaps not. Does it give me the most insight for a growing business? Absolutely. You know, I know what works and what what doesn't work, and. The, the the big thing that, that I've really learned from this and the big thing that I, I guess a lot of people take for granted is mastering the art of the customer conversation right through the process, whether it's from creating awareness and figuring out what people actually want, right through to retaining that member and turning them into you know an advocate, a big, a big brand advocate. It's mastering that art of the customer conversation insofar as what is this person really trying to say? Because that's all validation is. It's not well people think of validation, you know, it's very easy to think we're talking about software. It's not. It's not about rolling bug fixes out and testing things. It's about if you've got a coaching product, make sure that you are coaching people in what they actually need coaching in. And the only way to do that, I truly believe is to master that out of the customer conversation. Um and to do that you've got to swallow the ego. You've got to step back. You've got to you've got to ask the right questions and and, and the key thing I I genuinely believe is asking people to tell you their stories. You know, why did you on a, on a one-to-one call, just tell me why didn't you podcast before and then just shut up and let them talk, you know, just learn a little bit about their life Um, and the learning that you're going to get from that insofar as the products that you can create, the services that you can create. You you can't even buy that insight. It's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I still to this day, I still get on to Skype with at least two or three customers every month for ten fifteen minute chats because I want to know that not only what are we currently doing um, if that's you know if that's still working right or but more importantly what can we do to help more in the future um, I think that's important and 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 this is across all of my businesses. It's, it's the call center, it's, it's virtual staff finder, it's Youpreneur, it's blog readers, podcast listeners, people that email me, tweet me, whatever it is. I'll just randomly reach out and say, hey, have you got time for 10, 15 minutes? No one ever says no. No one ever says no. Um, maybe they want to pick my brain for five minutes. That's fine. But uh, if I can get some good quality feedback from them, that's what I'm all about as well as obviously helping them if I can too. Um, I think that's important. So, where are you going to take this? Let's let's move on from the kind of the starting and the, and the early validation. Uh, you know, you've just rolled out the the latest version of things, um, or you would have done by the time this goes live. So, where where where's the future for podcast websites now? What's going to be the focus? Let's let's dive into that for the second half
1: of the of the show. Yeah, great question. So the the focus really is is helping the independent podcaster. So helping people that <clears throat> excuse me, want to get their voice onto a platform that has some longevity. So where you can you can take your own voice, your own podcast wherever the heck you want. Whether you want to make a business out of it, whether you don't want to do anything more than just have some peace of mind. That's the thing that we want to create for people. And that's what the second version of the platform does. Um, so the way that, that, that we kind of manage that and the way that we're, we're looking at, at kind of validating all the time is that we operate in feedback loops. So any, any kind of scenario that we want to introduce to the business, whether it's the new marketing kit that we're putting into the platform to help podcasters market themselves, whether it's the new type of statistics, whether it's new themes or players, we go through these feedback loops. So we'll do the validation. We will go and we will test it against a subset of people and we'll just talk to people, get some feedback. So the long term is that we just want to help people grow and be completely hassle free. So that all they've got to do is turn on the microphone and have a good time with it. You know, like you and I have done today, we turn it on, we have a good time with it and we publish it out there. And, and that's the real key thing is is this idea that as a platform and as as someone that owns a, a software company, it's very easy to believe that people should do things your way because you own the software. It's your software. This is what it's supposed to do. And, and I, like, I just do not subscribe to that theory. So our our entire mantra is letting people breathe and letting people take things in the direction that they want to take them. So that's, that's what's next for podcast websites. Is it's, it's only, the only job that we have is to give people the right tools to do what they want to do with their own content. Um, so that's the focus for the next three years is creating these tools um, and, <laughs> frankly, just listening to people and just listening to as many of them as we can.
0: You know, it's, it's, it's refreshing to hear a podcaster saying, I'm just going to listen to people. <laughs> because what we're usually doing is just bloody talking the whole time you know what I mean um here's a question for you so I want to break down you say you know part of the the service is going to be a marketing arm sort of type of uh, you know service so to speak I mean like is this is this course focused is it like how are you delivering that particular part of podcast websites as a service provider because I think See that's the big thing. Even now, to this day, even with the systems that I personally have in place, I think I still drop the ball a little on the marketing side of things, which is crazy. Because here I am preaching what what you should and shouldn't do to build your business, but nobody's perfect, right? So, can you break down a little bit what what that will actually look like for clients in the future in terms of what they can expect out of that? Because I think a lot of people that that. That's the other thing is like, you know, yes, I've got to get the things set up, but then how do I find people to actually listen?
1: Yeah, it, it, that is that is such a problem in podcasting. Um, so there's a couple of things. I mean, one of the really basic things that we do, which is not directly tied to this, but it, it, it does it does contribute relatively significantly, is this – this idea that we run an academy so inside podcast websites every member gets access to an academy which is a a live weekly study hall of of demos and tutorials that i run personally it's it's a 30 45 minute thing on a monday um available to members as replays then we do these monthly sessions these big deep academy sessions where we get third party uh, members on and we get third party guests and experts talking about specific things around marketing like we we will teach you the things that no one tells you need to learn to be a podcaster. That's the idea of the academy. So that's kind of the that's kind of the tip of the arrow. That's the that's the bit that makes podcasters question what they know, which I think anyone that's got a bit of curiosity is more likely to succeed. So that's that's trying to breed the curiosity. From a, a platform perspective, I do when I go and talk at sort of little meetups or if I talk at sort of podcast movement, I, I regularly do a talk on podcasting, which is treat your podcast like a startup which is this idea that, and I'm not talking sort of specifically tech startup, I'm talking this idea that you've got to have this mentality of experimentation. Everyone is scared to death of stopping something that is a routine, especially in podcasting. We've kind of got this, um, and I, I'm saying this because I, I have been, I've been through this, we've got this little bit of arrogance that if we change anything in our podcast, the audience are going to go crazy. And... I stopped. I stopped my entire podcast, did 150 episodes, put an episode out and said, right, I'm stopping for a while. No one cared. No one cared. They were all very supportive. I got emails saying, brilliant, love your reasoning, can't wait for you to come back. And you know what? I'll be there when you do come back. And that was always a very surprising turn. So I, I sort of developed this idea of if you're in a startup business or if you're in any business, the only thing you need to do is test things because you don't know what works until you've tested it and you've proven that it does work. So as a podcaster, I do this talk, and what we are doing at podcast websites is creating the kit, creating the software to help you test things in your podcast. So the biggest bugbear I believe with podcasting is that no one genuinely, I don't believe anyone knows yet what actually works when it comes to audience building. Mm. I don't believe that anyone knows that yet because there is nothing out there that marries up the activity that you take with the activity that you receive in terms of downloads or sign-ups and so on. So we're, our, our next set of tools will bridge that gap. Um, and we're in a very fortunate position we can do that because we control the websites, we control the media hosting, the download stats, the analytics on the blogs. Um, so we do have this really insightful big picture view of what's happening with a podcast. Um, so that's the idea, is that we can we want to try and give people this idea of testing and experimentation and you can mark off what works and you can mark off what doesn't work and you can move to the next thing. Yeah. Because all we want to see is that graph going up and to the up and to the right. We want to just see that growth. So that's what's next. It's um it's exciting. I'm a real geek for this stuff and it's even I'm like I just I just want to keep talking about this stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I think yeah and it's clear man. I mean I I, I mean and obviously and I know you but I can hear the, you know, the, I hate to use the word passion because I feel like that word is just overused now, but the enthusiasm, there we go, we'll go with that. I can, I can hear the enthusiasm inside of you in regards, to, you know, when you, when you talk about this and the plans and the way you're going to help people and all that kind of stuff, like it's, it's clear to me that you feel like you're onto something here, not just from a business perspective, but also from just, you know, helping People like like a genuine service that you're providing and and the way that you're serving your customers and I love that and it's clear to hear it. If if you guys listening in, if you can't hear it, then you need to go get your hearing checked (laughs) because I can hear it very clearly. Um, So let me ask you this then, mate when when you think of where the future is for this for this industry of ours, that podcasting angle. What's the thing, the one thing that really, I guess, really excites you above and beyond everything else?
1: That's a really good question. That's yeah. a really good It'll question. It'll be my what? last one then. <laughs> That's a beautiful one. So good. Do you know, I, I was driving up from London about four months ago and I was mm-hmm. listening to Serial. So season two of Serial. and
0: I never got into
1: that. Yeah, season one was good. Season two, perhaps not so hot. Yeah,
0: and, yeah. Um, I never, Everybody was going goo goo over that. Um, was it last year when they launched? Yeah, um, yeah and season I just, one was just hooked. I know. I listened to like, and I'm not joking, I listened to like 10 minutes of episode one, and I, that was it. I stopped. I didn't listen to anything else. I just, if you don't get into it, you don't get into it, I guess.
1: Exactly. That's like me in Game of Thrones, but that's the, we'll leave that stone unturned because <laughs> everyone listening is going to go crazy at me now. Um, but I'm not, I'm not a th-
0: fan either. Just like so. you're in, you're in good company. I'm not a fan either.
1: Thanks, man. You're like the first person in three years to say that. I really <laughs> appreciate that.
0: <laughs> well, I did, I did watch a few episodes of the first season because I think you know because Sean Bean was in it. I'm
1: quite a big fan of his. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Whatever. You know, Sean Bean's the man. Yeah. Um, so I was listening to this show. I Was driving up back from London, listening to Serial, and didn't think much of it at the time. But then, the pre-roll. The pre-roll for one of the episodes was Universal Pictures advertising one of their upcoming movies hmm. on a podcast. Hmm. wasn't Squarespace. wasn't Bloody MailChimp. It was Universal Pictures advertising a movie that had had hundreds of millions of dollars spent on it. And some of those dollars had flown into our industry. And that really turned me on to it. And it just made me think to myself, wait a second. The snowball is just leaving the top of the hill. And that's what excites me. This idea that anyone that has been, you know what it's like, you, 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 a sort of similar idea when you were younger, I guess. This idea, certainly when I was younger, that to have your own voice is sometimes difficult. To actually portray yourself as you want to portray yourself can be difficult sometimes. And podcasting for me is that medium. But now the idea that people like that are willing to work with people who are just being themselves blows my mind. And I think that is such a telling trait of the industry. I'm so excited by that.
0: I hear you 100%. And I think that, you know, I believe that we're only just at the beginning of podcasting and yet I've been podcasting six years. Like I I truly believe that we're only just really starting to get going with it. Which is crazy because there's some people been podcasting for over a decade. Um, But when you look at like, you know, some of the more well-known podcasters like Tim Ferriss, for example, um, who's, you know, got an incredibly successful show. He didn't even start podcasting until a couple of years ago. Right. Am I right? Two,
1: three years he's been going now. Yeah, he's not. He hasn't done that many episodes you know, in the context of things. He's not done that many episodes. I don't, I
0: don't think he's... And I, in all honesty, I don't listen to his show, but I mean, I don't think he's super regular with it. Does he go every week, do you know?
1: Well, this is a really good point, actually. The old Hardcore History, Dan Carlin show, that guy publishes whenever he wants because he puts the content out that's amazing, like three hours of detailed, rich research content. He yeah. can do what he wants with yeah. that one. But the numbers are crazy on it, and the medium... Speaks to guys like us, the creatives, the people that you know. they not. They don't want to be in boxes. They can publish when they want. Um, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's just so so good that my mum, my mum, will yeah, tell me about the.
0: That's I should say. That's mom for all of our Americans.
1: <laughs> mom,
0: <laughs> mom, hey, mom. It's mum. Okay. It's, Hello, it's a There's a U in the middle. Everybody. Okay. Yeah, carry on.
1: <laughs> we spell it wrong. She she will tell me. About the Flash TV show, not because she watches it, because she's heard it on a podcast, what's been happening. Hmm. And like that blows my mind. I'm just like, wait a second, I'm having a conversation with my mum about the Flash, and she only knows his character because she's heard about it on a podcast. (laughs) My mum knows about podcasting. My dad knows about podcasting. What is going on with this thing? And it's it's amazing that we can choose it. But the cool thing is as well, I don't know if you've noticed this, Chris, but you know. When people start to get into podcasting, they go down this listening route. But then maybe six out of 10 of them come back and say, Yeah, what if I just wanted to start one myself? Everyone's really intrigued. And right. a, a massive portion of people just think, Wait a sec, I can do this. I don't know any other medium like that. Genuinely don't know any other medium like that.
0: I agree with you. And I, well, I mean, that being said, I think more and more people are getting involved with video now wouldn't you say i mean like Mm -hmm. i think because everything's so mobile they've got that that perfectly good camera um in their pocket pretty much at all times i mean i think i think the learning curve that barrier to entry i guess is a nice way of looking at it to create video is way lower
1: than podcasting wouldn't you agree oh for sure and you know this idea that that you can, even with with the live streaming, you're seeing people that don't even realize they're producing content, producing amazing content, and they don't realize that they're doing it. Um, They're just doing it because it's easy, and the button's there, and it's, yeah, the the, the barrier to video content is so, so very, very low, and I do think we're starting to see that a little bit in podcasting insofar as some of the mobile capabilities, the fact you can just stick an ATR into the bottom of an iPhone, but the problem is, Still got to stick the ATR into the bottom of the, of the iPhone, um, and I think video content's amazing. I, one of the things that I think a lot of people are doing super well at the minute is this whole repurposing idea as well. So taking oh, yeah. those videos, oh, it's, it's it's crazy what you can do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've not got to the point where I've. Well, actually, <laughs> that being said, I started podcasting by doing exactly that. I started off by doing split screen video interviews with people and then putting those videos on my YouTube channel. We're talking 2010 here, people, okay? I'm a bloody innovator. I am, (laughs) and I I know this is how I started podcasting. I was doing split-screen interviews, and I was putting them up on YouTube, and then I was ripping the audio out and putting that up as a podcast um, on iTunes, and then I would basically put both on, on, on the blog. And we're talking 2010, middle of 2010, I started doing this, but then the split screen interviews became, you know, either tough, tougher to do or, or the I think, I can't remember exactly why I stopped doing them, but I think a lot of people were like, oh, I can only do audio or this that, and the other. And, you know, a lot of people that I was trying to grab for interviews were, you know, big influencers and a lot of them. We're traveling a lot. They were sitting in hotel rooms a lot of the times and stuff. So I just went to audio format only, and I kind of stuck at that. But I love the repurposing. It's been a long time since I've gone from taking video content and putting it directly onto the podcast. Um, and I don't like the, I don't like it when people take the audio and stick it up on YouTube with like one slide for forty minutes or something. That does nothing for me at all. Um, but what I really love is taking my content in both those formats and turning them into blog posts, infographics, and that sort of type of stuff. And I think that's where a lot of content creators um, should start focusing on it, is, is not having to come up with fresh content for all the different types of mediums that they're publishing in, but more so being maybe just a little bit more smart and savvy and repurposing a lot more. What, do you, what, what, what says the Mark uh, chorus on that?
1: Yeah, so I think one of the, the fun things is um, this sort of brings it back to the validation angle as well, is this, this idea that different people want to consume content in different ways. Like, for example, I'm just not a big video watcher. I prefer a more passive audio version of the content. And the thing is you, you don't know. Because your audience grows and shifts and changes, you have to continue to validate that. So what I've been experimenting with, because of this low barrier to entry with video, is this idea that I can create a two, three, four thousand word blog post that's really meaty, good quality content. Mm-hmm. And I can run segments of that via Facebook Live. And I can test what really gets people going. So let's say I want to build some email sign-ups. I want to capture X amount of sign-ups to hit some targets for this week or for this month. I can break this 4,000-word blog post that I put out down into three or four Facebook Live sessions And really figure out which piece of the messaging gets the email signups and then I can put that into audio content. I can re-embed it back onto the site. So this idea of repurposing, it it can really it can give you some opportunities, especially with the live angle that we just didn't have, you know, that really instant kind of feedback. And and we're only here to learn and the best way to do that is to is to, to put things out and listen to what people say about it you know i think it's i think it's super important
0: yeah i mean facebook live for me i have a little i mean i love it i love the live format but i've i have do not like the comments on it at all um they've got to do something with the comments where you can only see four at any one time i mean like i'm hoping that that by the time hopefully this even goes live that they have fixed it but periscope for me and using as you know i was all about periscope for a good eight nine months last year um Periscope for me was just gold. It was just gold. Uh, Because those comments were real time, very little delay. Um, And the way that they scrolled up on the screen, you could read them properly. Uh, The only kind of gripe that I had with them was the fact that you couldn't pull them back down again if you missed something. Um, but I, you know, I, I mean, obviously I appreciate the reach of Facebook, but um, I still, from a broadcasting perspective, uh, you know, it still drives me nuts on the comments side of things. But I understand what you mean in regards to that live validation um, and that instant validation. I mean, one of the things I remember, and I talked about this on the show actually before, um, but when we were in the middle of launching the Youpreneur community or rather in the middle of planning the launch of that, I would go on Periscope and I would drop one-liners. Sales strokes, as I call them, um, to see how they would float with the audience. Would I get a lot of comments on a particular one-liner that I dropped? Would I get a load of hearts and that sort of type of thing? And there were certain things that we were going to put on the landing page, the sales page for Youpreneur, that didn't fly live um, with a captive audience. So we ended up not using them. And uh, you know, the, the the big headline, the entrepreneurial community where nobody gets left behind. That was the one thing that everybody just ate up every time I would drop it, uh, and that's the reason why it's our it's our tagline. It's a slogan.
1: That is such a powerful way. I, I really love that idea because this this notion that you know what people tell you, and you know we we do it ourselves. You have got to survey the audience, and people do believe that it's a physical survey. But you know that that notion of putting live content out and live measuring the feedback. Wow, the the, the pace at which you can create based on that is is i think it's unrivaled absolutely i believe you're you
0: know i believe we're both smart people for taking that on board i believe we are um so what's next for you personally let's put podcast websites to one side for a minute um where where your focus is going to be in regards to your own brand because you've got a great brand over at
1: excellence expected Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I've just revamped it and, and really focused on this straight talking angle. Now, whilst we're on air, for the record, I owe you a debt of gratitude because it was your mastermind that brought out that straight talking angle. Good. Uh, so, so thank you, man. Really appreciate that. And the <clears throat> that that's the focus. Really, I'm I'm focusing on on really really kind of early stage founders, um, and for now, just creating content to help them and build my own brand around. Just being a helpful, straight-talking guy, you know, helping people cut through the noise a little bit, and uh, just help where I can on that. So that's the next year. Is a bit more positioning, a little bit more, a little bit more, a lot more content, just to mm-hmm. help people who are early-stage tech founders, early-stage content creators, um, and just try and link up with guys like yourself in terms of okay, Chris is doing some super personal brand work, Colin is doing some amazing podcasting work let's figure out what we can do with this so there's that's where i'm i'm really focusing just those guys that are wanting to get started um let's just you know let's let's just tell it how it is and, and, and help you in real life
0: yeah well i love it i love the focus i love the pivot um i'm very proud that that pivot came as a part of our day together in london but more importantly i'm just uh i'm proud to have you as part of the youpner community buddy and and i'm i'm proud to uh, call you a friend because you know it's the market in the UK particularly is a ripe, growing market, as many of us already know, uh, and we need you know, we need people that are leading in the right way for the right reasons, and I believe you're definitely one of them.
1: Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that, honestly. It means so much, honestly, and, and, and likewise, thank you. You've, you've been an extremely good friend over the last couple of years, man.
0: Yeah, man, rock and roll. Well, look, um, if you guys want to find out a little bit more about podcast websites, you can do so. Show notes um, over at the blog over at chrisducker.com forward slash, are you ready? Are you ready? Forward slash episode 198. So close to that number 200. 198. Go check it out. Uh, Mark, thanks again for being on the show, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, man. Always a pleasure. Really good to chat.
0: All right, you guys, I will be back at you. The other side of Christmas Until then, a very Merry Christmas to you and all of your loved ones. And please do eat lots of food, drink lots of drink, be merry, and get ready for next year. Because you know what? It's going to be a good one. I'll see you then. Bye for now.